This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, our show in which we invite some guests onto the channel to have a bit of discussion about the ongoings and current affairs of Arsenal Football Club. I'm very happy to be joined by a couple of fantastic guests. First of all, joining me, and you've probably seen it before over on the Arsenal Way with myself. If you haven't, why on earth aren't you subscribed? Link in the description, as always. It's Guy Clark. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, all good, Tom. Thanks a lot for uh, inviting me on. No, always a pleasure, my friend. Good to see you. Of course, you've escaped us now over on Blood Red. Um, so I'm giving you your Arsenal uh, fix back, of course. So how's it going over there? All good, Liverpool-wise? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's for a gooner behind enemy lines. Yeah, thankfully. Mm. Thankfully, they didn't do the clean sweep. Uh, still getting a, a fair ribbing, as you'd imagine. But uh, yeah, maybe not quite mm. as painful as it could have been. I suppose when they lost the Champions League final, it gave you a little bit of ammunition to... Uh, a bit to of ammunition back, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what Absolutely. I needed. Imagine that Arsenal. The only thing we've got against Liverpool is that they lost the Champions League final. Oh, how I wish for better times <laughs> than we have right now. Uh, and also making up our panel today, it's James. How are you doing, James Cook? You good? You well? I'm very well, thank you, mate. It's been uh, It's been far, far too long. Yeah, it has. It has been very. I know, we spoke about it the other day, saying um, it was keen to get you back on the show. And and I mean, like a fairy godmother, uh, your wishes is my command. So uh, <laughs> no, it's great to have you back on the show. Good to be uh, chatting about Arsenal with you again. And uh, how's things been? Busy, working, creating, all that lovely stuff. Yeah, all busy. I mean, constantly having my my fun activities uh, tormented by Arsenal, so it's hard to get any uh, peace of mind. But you know, we've got the summer now, so we can just drown ourselves in transfer news before we go through it all again in August. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we're going to kick off with transfers. Um, and of course, the big one, which is, he's the biggest epitome of the most famous Arsenal saying ever of like a brand new signing, uh, William Saliba, who's been, of course, on our books since 2019. And yet looks like he's getting ever closer to playing that first magical fixture. Guy, are you over the moon, expectant, you know, fine about this? Or how are your feelings about William Saliba coming back? Full of intrigue. Um, mm. I was I was thinking about it yesterday actually, and was was kind of thinking if, if I was told we were signing tomorrow, kind of the, the the hot young thing in in French football, how excited would I be? It kind of varied, but mm. given this is a guy as you say who's been on our books for for nearly three years now, actually it's more just a case of finally hoping he's ready. I mean, when yeah. 
Unai Emery came in, it was initially right back to, to centre-tien. He goes, it's, it's all part of the, the process for him. Then, of course, Mikel Arteta had come in and was fully expecting kind of then that he would really be dropped into the team and, and play. He obviously played in the under-23s a bit in the, the uh, Checker Trade Trophy. Didn't go all too well. Was it AFC Wimbledon he was sent off against? Yeah, I think it was Wimbledon. Was he sent off twice? I feel like that was another game he was sent off in as well. I felt, <laughs> yeah, either, either scored known goal or was sent off in a in another. He was sent off um, in the Papa John's Trophy when we were eliminated. It. I think it was Wimbledon. Day it was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously went back out on loan to, to Nice as it was at the time last summer again full of intrigue expectancy of what he might be able to offer and of course nothing came of it looks as though he's had a brilliant season out in at Marseille and uh, yeah hopefully he can come back and uh, he will have had more squad numbers than appearances and not just by one either so uh, <laughs> yeah. let's wait and see what he offers Absolutely. I mean, James, were you looking at this kind of a, expectantly to be an interview where he went, I want to go back to Marseille, you know, I've had a really good season there, I'm not getting given a chance at Arsenal, or actually were you kind of, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm expecting him to come back and, and what we're hearing is, is what I thought was going to happen? I really hate this whole spectacle that is made out of this because, like, with all fairness, you're not Messi, you're not Ronaldo. Like, come on, do we really need these, these <laughs> interviews? Like, it's just, it, it seems to be that hopefully the last of what has been so many throughout the season where he's just yo-yoed with what he's going to do. So, yeah, it frustrated me a little bit that we had to have this whole debacle over what he's going to do. Like, he's this, you know, God almost figure looking over us, which kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just me reading into it a bit too much. I don't think we needed that much of a a, show, a song and dance about it as such when he mm. is our player. You know, he's got two years left on his contract. He's an Arsenal player. If he wants to leave then I'm sure the club would have worked to have found some solution. But with all due respect to him, like he's contracted to Arsenal and that's the bottom line, irrespective of what he said in that interview. So I'm relieved more than anything that he's saying he wants to commit to Arsenal because they're, they're all the right, right signs and the right things you want to hear, given that we do want him to be part of the club next season. And I'm really excited for him to come back, you know, put all this stuff to one side where he said in the past that he, he might want to stay at Marseille, whatever, you know, it's in the past. If you're signing a 21-year-old French international who's just one young player of the year, like forget he's been on loan for three years. If he was coming into your team as a fresh new face, which he virtually is, you'd mm. be absolutely buzzing about that. And to have him, White and Gabriel, as our cohort of centre-halves next year is... And Rob Holding. Can't forget Rob and, Holding. And Rob Holding, <laughs> yeah. Rob Holding, of course. And you've got, you know, Reckitt coming through. I mean, it's it, it's mouthwatering. Like, it's really exciting. The prospect to go away from home and potentially play a back three with Gabriel White Saliba and, you know, even have someone like White or Saliba play a, a right back. It mm. just should give us a bit more defensive uh, solidity that we were missing last season. And when we did have someone like Holding come in to have someone like Saliba come in instead is, is a really good prospect. I don't think we should be getting ahead of ourselves and expecting to start the first game of the season. I think what will probably happen is he'll probably start that first Carabao Cup game and then might slowly edge his way into the team. Mm. Um, obviously, you'd assume he'd get the Europa fixtures, but... I, I really think this will be a, a big season for him and I, I hope we find some way of accommodating him into the starting 11 sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kim in the chat says, to be fair to Saliba, it was the, clearly the French media playing on the furore that is Arsenal fans online. Clearly just an interview to show his appreciation for the Marseille fans, they being a massive club that they are. Matt pointing out, thinking that the French media didn't help by twisting things. Do you buy into this guy? The idea that obviously the French side of things, the reporting on him has been very pro staying in France. Uh, of course, GFFN are, are constantly memed talking about being against Arsenal. Do you buy into this? And think there's any credence to this theory yeah i think i think there's probably an, an essence of that within it um because because i mean the arsenal fan base has been on strings for so many media outlets for mm. a number of years hasn't it i mean there's an element we, we we know there's an element of the arsenal fan base that do react either overly positively or overly negatively to whatever minutiae detail is is leaked out there and i do think that was part of what was happening with saliba like like Cookie said that I was quite similar actually in terms of this this interview with Saliba of just waiting to hear definitively what way it was going to go. But equally, it's not his choice. He's still two years left on a contract. It's not really as though he has all the power. Yes, there is an, an element of power there for him, but equally was a case of you are still contracted to Arsenal and don't get sort of too carried away. And then when it came out that actually he's, he's looking forward to returning to Arsenal and maybe being able to prove what he's got, thought actually that does reflect fairly well on him, that there's been all of this talk, whether it's kind of been blown out of proportion or not, that he, he's absolutely loved it at Marseille and would want to stay there, actually then comes out and says, no, Arsenal, I, I want to go and see what I can do there. And for me on him, I think that the buzzword, the phrase has got to be opportunity. It's an opportunity mm. for him to come back, show what he, he can do, an opportunity for him to maybe be that guy to really take on the Arsenal defence to the next level and an opportunity for Arsenal to actually finally have that area of the pitch locked down and fixed and the versatility he offers tactically and both personally to whether we go to a back three for certain games. It's been a formation that has worked well at times for Mikel Arteta and the fact he's played in that kind of right-hand side role for Marseille as well. I think Ben White would suit being the centre of a back three in a, a ball uh, in a possession-hungry side like Arsenal, we're going to dominate the ball. And Gabriel equally adept playing on that left-hand side. Mm, yeah, it's it's interesting talking about kind of how it could work. I mean, you talked a second ago, James, about the idea that you think he'll play the, the Carabao Cup and then the Europa League before maybe fighting for a, a way into the team. Of course, with the five substitutions, I'd expect him to be one of those early ones to come on if we've got a lead and we want to change up the defence to give it a bit more energy. Um, perhaps he goes in at right back to give us some more you know, discipline at that right back position as well. There's options. But do you think that the chance to play a back three will come into the mind of Arteta? Or do you think he's very much married to this 4-3-3 that he's stuck with so far i think it's a possibility but i don't think it's going to be the philosophical philosophical i don't know what the word is philosophy, the, the, <laughs> philosophy yeah the philosophy that he wants to adopt going forward because we mm. all know like he's working towards this 4-3-3 and in fairness the way we're going with it i wouldn't really want him to change that too much i'm really liking what i'm seeing from the team in that formation but i think it gives you the opportunity when you go particularly away from home in those games that we notoriously struggle in so away to Liverpool, away to City. I would love it if we lined up with a back a back five, pretty much. Have Tommy Esso mm. on the right-hand side, Tierney on the left-hand side, and then that back three of our top three centre-halves. I mean, all five of them being fit is a big ask in the first instance. But it would be a really good prospect. I'm not saying it would necessarily work, but you've got all the, the ingredients there on paper that 
looks like it would make sense. And mm. I think if it, if it does work away from home, there's no reason why we couldn't necessarily start playing it more often away from home. Um, because away games, like, you know, there is no easy game away from home in the Premier League. So if we did line up like that regularly, I think it would still benefit the team because the thing is, yes, it's a back five and on paper it's defensive, but all three of those players are very good at playing it out with their feet. And then you put the players in front of them, Partey, Jacker, Erdegaard, whoever it may be, you've got the players there to go on and, and do the stuff in the attacking third. So I think it would work. I really do. But I don't think it would be... Um, on Arteta's mind to, to use that system at the forefront, but away from home, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it trials. Mm, yeah, I think it's something that I've always wanted to see Arsenal be a bit more tactful away from home in those big games against Liverpool. Like we've, and City, despite the fact that we played a back three at City last season, it was made up of holding Chambers and Kalasinac in a back three, I think, and Cedric and Tierney were the others, and Odegaard was next to Xhaka, and it was, it was just a, a cluster mess of chaos, basically, you know, and I'd like us to be a little bit more astute. You could see us going to a back five that you described there. Tommy Ash is a really interesting figure of where he kind of fits because he could play in a back three of those defending, of those centre-backs. You know, Cedric, for all of his faults, you know, he's someone that can play a wing-back role comfortably. You know, his deliveries have got better since his time at Arsenal. And if you've got Tommy Asu, White, Saliba, Gabriel's four options for a back three, you've got someone like Cedric there. You've got Brook Norton Cuffey coming through, who's a very offensive-minded fullback as well. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings in pre-season. Maybe there's a pathway for him to play, you know, right wing back in the back three. How then the midfield changes is obviously going to be the big question with, you know, losing out one of the central midfielders for an extra defender. But I'm sure it's something that we could adopt. Go on. I, I think I think equally as well, though, whether it's a back three or even as a back four, I mean, he's, he's a 21-year-old who's never played a minute of Premier League football. I think it might be a bit naive to think he's going to go straight in as a centre-half. And actually, I think Tommy Asu, where you mentioned him, this year mm. has kind of maybe enlightened people to having a physical presence who can defend the back post effectively at right back. I mean, the amount of times we've gone to Anfield recently and they hang the ball up to the far post and Sadio Mane comes flying in, whether he's going to be at Liverpool or not, kind of moot point. They've, they've got Luis Diaz who can equally do that kind of thing. Um, having a defender who at right back is defence first, is moving away from even going as far back to kind of the days of Bakari Sanya, then you've Mathieu Debuchy for the limited time. He was at, at Arsenal and, and playing, uh, that should be said, Hector Bellerin. And, and Cedric all kind of fit that profile of almost a right winger at right back who really is attack minded first and defence comes secondary to them. Tommy Asu this year, the, the solidity he offered to the team and saw Kieran Tierney really at his best then going forward. Maybe with Saliba, there's actually a chance, and you, you started by saying like a new signing, and effectively in that regard, a guy who is back up to Tommy Asu who himself had injury issues at right back, but equally the chances, I'm sure, in the Europa League will come at centre-half until he eventually does nail himself down as a, a first-team regular. But with yeah. two years left on his contract, he's he's going to have to be quick about it. He's going to have to make an impression because in, in six months' time, Arsenal probably going to be thinking about making a decision one way or the other as to whether it's probably a lucrative new contract they offer out or whether actually come the winter window or even January, they do need to, to sell to the highest bidder. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't. It's going to be difficult, isn't it, to understand when the timing of making that decision is. Um, but obviously, there, there's lots of factors with that. Um, just picking up on the chat box, I wanted to draw something from Ansu. Says I don't think I don't like the idea of playing five at the back. I think it's defeatist in terms of the way that it's played against the top teams. West Ham don't do it, and they play their games and still have the opposition. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but West Ham have played a back three a number of times this season. You know, Cresswell's operated as a left centre back at times. And, you know, Chelsea won the Champions League with a back three. So I don't necessarily look at it as a defeatist way of playing. I think it's an adaptive way of playing when you come up against oppositions that, you know, it's better suited. It really suffocates the wide areas because you've got a right-sided centre-back and a right-wing back that can really suffocate an explosive winger and on the left-hand side as well. It can often be looked at as maybe even an offensive style of play because you, you know, submit the idea of having disciplined fullbacks in favour of them overlapping the wingers. So it can actually become an an over-attacking kind of formation as well. So I don't necessarily agree with you, answer, but I, I admit the well, I, I take on the point about the idea of maybe it being in certain games a little bit too sit back and take the pressure. But it is also about realizing where Arsenal are in some games. And when you play against Man City and Liverpool, perhaps playing on the break is the best way to get that result. And a back three certainly allows you to do that. Let's look into the striker side of things, um, James, in regards to the players we've been linked with. Obviously, Jesus is the big one that was we know at. But the most recent and strongest link right now is with Gianluca Scamacca. Uh, now, depending on how much you believe that we might get a deal done for this, you know, it's been reported by the Athletic that the interest in him is genuine, but the interest from Italy is that they're claiming that a bid has been made and rejected at this stage. Do you like the idea of Arsenal going for a classic number nine, six foot five, doesn't necessarily create too much. He had zero assists in, in Serie A last season and 16 goals, but is going to give you more presence, more physical ability and aerial threat in the box and is a good finisher when the ball's at his feet too. Does that attract you or do you like the profile of someone like Jesus more for their adaptability and creativity? I think my personal preference would be with Jesus just because he's had so much experience in the Premier League and his work rate and what he could offer to this team and particularly having that past relationship with Arteta I just think it 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 ticks all the right boxes initially I was a little bit underwhelmed almost when we first got linked to him because I think it was at the point where he wasn't in the city side he wasn't really scoring goals and it didn't really seem like the most exciting signing but he's come into the city team done really well in their run into the Premier League title and um, I think it'd be a great signing for us I think it's exactly what we need and he's at that right age 25 years old where he's going to have Saka and Martinelli Smith Rowe alongside him who are obviously that bit younger and you can just see it being the spearhead of our attack for the next four, five, uh, six years. So I think it, it could work really well. I'll be totally transparent. I don't really know a great deal about uh, Skamaka. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I believe the links to him either. Um, you know, notoriously Italian players don't really leave Serie A. So I'm not getting too. Um, too drawn into it and you know given what happened with Vlahovic in January I think if Inter Milan or AC Milan or Juventus or whoever it may be went in for him then I think his preference would be to stay in Serie A and um, if he's got zero assists I'm not sure he necessarily plays into the way that we want to play because I think the reason we played Lacazette was because he bought so much out of Martinelli, Saka, Smithrow, Erdegaard when he came into the side in January obviously that fell away towards the end but I think we need someone that's going to be a contributor to the players around him. And Jesus is more of that player. So, um, yeah, my preference in answer to your question is definitely Jesus. 
Hmm. Where do you sit on this guy? Because we've discussed at length, you know, the idea of this clone striker and, and what that brings to you. You don't have to change as much. And I remember speaking to you about this and, you know, you've got the idea of wanting more presence in the box as well. Does that lean you towards someone like Skamaka? And then maybe if you can get both in a dream world, that Jesus becomes more of a wider forward option for us? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think Jesus has has got that versatility. Um, I... My reservations on Jesus is is if he's made the main man, which it seems as though his, his next club, he wants to be that, um, whether he's quite going to get the returns that are needed. And I do think we are probably needing of, of two forward options this season. Now, whether Jesus is seen as primarily a central option, but someone who can also play out wide, and then we go for a Skamaka type player, which I think I think the reports you've got to treat with scepticism, but equally there's got to be some level of foundation to them. The fact mm-hmm. that last summer Calvert Lewin was supposedly on the radar in January. We know how strong the club went for Vlahovic. It's clear Mikel Arteta probably does want a focal point number nine, which for as you say, the lack of assists he's had this season, you would probably say arguably over the last five or best part of a decade, Arsenal's best striker has been Olivier Giroud. Now I know individually, (laughs) no, I know Aubameyang got loads. No, 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 I agree with you. Yeah, when you when you when you look at we had a Bamiang and Lacazette both at the club, two record signings at the same time, and weren't able to get back into the Champions League. We went League. backwards. Yeah. Le- Olivier Giroud was such a brilliant focal point for bouncing the ball off for the likes of Sanchez, Alex. for Ozil, mm. for Walcott, for Welbeck, for all of these guys to get us up the pitch. Now, like James said, I've not seen much of him, so I don't know what his, his build-up play and his all-round game is like. As you say, he's got no assists, so maybe he isn't quite that player. But having that focal point, who is an outlet to get us up the pitch, Lacazette was good at it. Problem was, he got too tired too quickly and dropped very, very deep. And the outball was only 20 yards from our own defensive line. Whereas if this guy's higher up the pitch, a younger player who, as you say, he's, he's such a tall, rangy player, hopefully he's got decent uh, ball retention ability to keep the ball play back to goal and link with other players you can kind of see what it is that Arsenal are wanting to build now with Jesus it's probably someone who at the age he's at is probably more ready to come straight in Premier League experience to hit the ground running but equally with this young side we're building and the age that Skamaka's at he would equally fit that profile to mm. to develop with the likes of Smith Rowe with Saka with Erdegaard with Martinelli to maybe be that that guy who leads the line and allows the, the rest to play in behind. I think when it comes to players that we think about in that, I don't want to go archetypal number nine, because we've seen the number nine position evolve and change so much over the, the last 10 years and you know beyond that. But Arsenal have got players in Saka and Martinelli, who I think would just benefit so much from, as you said about Giroud, you know, playing off someone like that. Do you think, James, that I know you said like you like Jesus and you don't know much about Skamaka, but is there an do you see what kind of guy says there about Giroud and what he brought to the team and maybe what a striker in that ilk could do for Arsenal? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I was 
a little bit devastated when we missed out on Vlahovic in January because you look at him and you think this guy would take us to the next level. Obviously, yeah. that that ship sailed. And I think the closest thing you're probably going to get to him now is Darwin Nunez. Um, and I'm not mm. sure how much of a realistic option that is. I mean, we're not hearing any links to him whatsoever unless something comes out of nowhere. Um, I don't think that's potentially a realistic target for us for the minute, given that we didn't make the top four. So, um, I can to- totally see where you're coming from. And the ideal scenario would be to have one of each profile, one like Jesus and one like Skamaka. Um, but like you referenced earlier, it, the only thing that would be my, my main hesitation would be the zero assists because it kind of raises question marks as to, okay, he's got the profile, but can he actually link up the play? I mean, we've, you know, we've all seen, you know, the likes of Nikola Zigic, we linked back with him like 10 years ago. Um, big player, but he couldn't link up at all. So, you know, it's all it's one thing having the profile and being able to score goals, but if you can't actually bring the players into the game that are around you, then that aspect it could be quite detrimental to us if he's not able to bring that to the team. So um, I agree with what Guy says, you know, if we did bring him in and he was able to develop with the players around us, that would be a, a, an exciting prospect. But I think what we need right now are those 25 plus players to bring in um, and maybe just one or two of those slightly younger players. Because uh, I think, you know, it's great going through this process and everything. But if we don't make the top four next season, then um, it's going to be quite, it's going to be tough to take. So we really need to be going up to that next level this window, making those signings. We had that lo- that last window uh, last summer where we we brought the young guys in and you're seeing White developing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. We just need to finish articles now, pretty much, or the articles that are 80, 90% there. And Jesus fits that bill for me he's he's won premier league titles he's got shed loads of appearances i mean he averages a, a goal contribution pretty much every other game for city so in terms of what he can bring to the team it's it's staring us in the face for me when it comes to deciding when we have not deciding but when we just have to get these players in um the recent announcement that arsenal have a, a new fixture in their pre-season plan on the 8th of july uh, it's a friday at 4 30 i think it's going to be um Indeed, it is July 8th. Uh, it's an interesting date because it's ahead of all the other fixtures, which then obviously brings the focus and shifts it at least a week ahead of what it was. So, Guy, do you think that when it comes to kind of a theoretical deadline around when Edu needs to get his deals done, it has to be before that July 8th? Is that kind of a guide or is that the cutoff? Because you know, there's possible expectations about pre-season then returning for pre-seasons towards the end of June. So do you think it's it's that July 8th now that has to be targeted? Yeah, ideally, ideally we'd have a new signing in on the first day of pre-season. Just the um, one? That, or... uh, no, I, I would say a minimum of one. For me, I mm. mean, you look at the squad and I'd say this summer in terms of big additions, we probably need four. I would counsel Eber in that because we have never seen him kick a ball for Arsenal and he's a, a key defensive recruit that would be coming in to improve on what we've got a central midfielder and two forward players. Now, Saliba is going to be there, so that's one taken care of. And then I, w- I would say another. So half of your major business, as I say, this summer needs to be done. Um, I still can't believe we've gone through the whole season that we did without adding another central midfield player. I know Yuri Tielemans is, is very heavily linked at the minute. We'll have to wait and see mm. how that one plays out. But another central midfield player is just an absolute essential essential piece of business that needs doing and then however he wants to go about the forward option we need a out and out 
striker. Now, whether that is an archetypal number nine, like we've just been talking there, but the guy who is going to be our main forward through the season, and then whether there's a, a wide forward who can also play through the middle or someone who plays through the middle, but can equally play wide as well, which Jesus would fit the bill on that. Yeah, I, I would say come the first day of preseason, two of, as I'd say, the four major signings that are needed or major upgrades that are needed need to be in the building. I mean, Matt Turner's a goalkeeper. It's not really, yeah, there's, there's someone else there who's going to be there, but that's not really an essential piece of business. So for me, yeah, that needs doing. And by the, by the, the start of the, the season, uh, or I, I would say a week out from the season, all four key bits of business need doing because we can't have a repeat of what happened last season. James said it there. This season is our opportunity. We have to get back in to the top four in Champions League football this coming season. Otherwise, we really could be staring at maybe a decade outside of it. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, James. Just before I do, though, Chatbox, we're going to be taking your questions in just a second. Thank you so much for the over 500 of you that are tuning in and watching. Do drop a like on the video if you are enjoying the up-to-date and daily content bringing you on the channel. Um, and drop your questions in because we'll be tacking, tackling them very, very soon. James, uh, I'm interested in your thoughts briefly on you know when your expectations are that you'd like to see the business done by and also when you think it kind of crosses that line into I'm starting to get worried now but also the opinion around Edu and how important this is for him this summer of getting it right we remember famously that interview we did with ESPN Brazil at the end of last season talking about how you know they've had this plan they're going to execute the plan it's been sorted for a while they know what they want to do and so because you've said that and put that out there it kind of sets that expectation of well if you know what you're going to do surely you're going to get it done fairly soon in terms of uh, touching your first point, the deadline, I would really like, in an ideal world, the striker and the midfield positions to be sorted by this time next month. That would mm. be dream scenario. Realistically, I'm not sure that'll be the case. I think we we say at, at every season for the past 10 seasons, we've always said, need to get our business done early. We never, ever, ever do. So... I'm not expecting any change. We got some big signings in last summer. You know, we signed White early. Um, but I mean, deals like Tomiyasu rolled on for a little while. So I, I don't think we'll get everything done. I think particularly with the deals we're going with, um, with Jesus and Tielemans, potentially, if we're looking at those sort of players, prying them away from other Premier League clubs, negotiating, like that's all going to take time. I think it could, could potentially get really drawn out. So I, I think in an ideal world, if we could get two of them in, just before the start of the season would be great. And a dream scenario, get them bedded in uh, throughout pre-season. And then we can relax a little bit and we can focus on, you know, those positions that aren't necessarily a huge priority. So a wide forward, I still think that would be a great addition. Um, Serge Nabry, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, and then potentially someone that can fill in at fullback. I mean, I'm really liking the, the links to Zinchenko at the minute. I think he'd be a great signing for us uh, if we were able to get him. I think I'd even have him above someone like Aaron Hickey at the moment um, in terms of who I'd like to see coming to the team at fullback. And um, in terms of... Edu's reputation at Arsenal, I mean, it, it's been so hot and cold, hasn't it? I think he did really well last summer and um, I'll be the first to praise him and say I was really happy with the business we did because uh, I think mm -hmm. it was just so clear where we were going and you, you had Gary Neville and co talking about the players we brought in and criticising them and, you know, it just shows almost immediately why we've brought them in and the direction we're going in. It was clear as day where we were going and I, I, I can definitely praise him for that. I think 
you know, he he lost a few brownie points for January. Um, I think there's a lot of people <laughs> that will look back at that and say, you know, we we got it wrong um, in the way that we did our business. But I still think, you know, it, we're heading in the right direction with him. Um, and yeah, I've got faith in him to to do the business this window. Um, whether he does that will remain to be seen. But I was really encouraged by what I saw this time last year. If he does something similar, brings in the right names, then I, I don't think there's any real genuine reason to be critical of him come the end of the window. But that's, that's a big right. if. Yeah, it is a big if. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm hopeful. I, like you, enjoyed what we did in the summer. I would have liked to have maybe been a bit earlier. But as you said, we've always been calling for that to happen and it just hasn't. So maybe this is going to be the summer which is different to those. I, I you know, I'm confident that if this Jesus and Tielemans thing accelerates, you know, they could both be in the club by that first preseason game. There's a chance, you know, Jesus said that tomorrow would be the date in which he starts to kind of assess his options on the table. So who knows what will happen? Obviously with this, the situation with both players away with international duty and then having to go on their holiday, that will extend the process that it takes to get these kind of deals done. And I know that we detach ourselves from the reality of players and their, you know, their personal lives, but these things like holidays do delay stuff. And you do have to be kind of accepting of that. It's not a case you just sit there and go, no, this is unacceptable. They need to be signed now. You remember the chaos of last summer when Nedu had a barbecue on a boat. Like it's just that sort of thing sends fans into meltdown. But in reality, you know, that it does extend, it does delay transfer so we'll see what happens but yeah I think July is, is a good target uh, I'd like to see us you know have the players we want for the season by the Emirates Cup game at the latest that's kind of what I'm looking at as that date um, let's tackle some of the questions in the last 15 minutes of the show from the chat uh, I don't want any kind of elaboration on this it's just kind of a fun question for you both uh, Marcus says based on realistic signings what is our starting 11 on day one of the new Premier League season no elaboration just your 11 guys Go. Uh, Ramsdale and goal back four. I'm going Tomiyasu, White, Gabriel, Tierney, if he's fit. Um, he should midfield. be. Yeah. His return date. Yeah. Yeah. No, mid- mid- midfield. Uh, Partey, Erdegaard. I'll, I'll go with Xhaka. Uh, I know I've not always been his, his biggest fan. No Tielemans uh, in there. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll go with Xhaka. And forward line, I'll go uh, Saka, Martinelli, and. At this point, I'll I'll go Jesus. I'm not I'm not com- completely convinced and sold on him, but I, I can see that one happening. And uh, yeah, I'd say say he's he's the one who goes in. So, despite all of the needs, all of the wants for Champions League football, all of guys, the needs, one change, one change, one change. But because 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 I'm I'm being realistic here, and we're probably not going to have of course, half of yeah. the half of the deals done. But no, I mean to be fair, like you you look at our our team and how we did do the back end of the season. I actually think we, we performed admirably and, and, and well. We only had about 14 players. We need to make that up to at least 18, 19. And I think actually the, the strongest 11, as it was, was probably only missing a, a real forward presence. So, uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm going with that. Yeah, I think if Jesus was here for the last six months of season, fourth place probably would have been asked. Um, James? So I'm unfortunately going to be quite boring. Mine would be the exact same. But yeah, so would for, mine. <laughs> for, for all the purposes of being ever so slightly different, I think we'll have signed Tielemans mm. or someone of that ilk, but they'll be on the bench. I don't think they'll start the game. Um, reason being, I don't think Jack has really done anything to be dropped, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, and that starting eleven, bar obviously we had Lacazette in for a potential Jesus, was good. Like I thought that was a good starting eleven last season. That's the the eleven that played against City when we lost two one and should have won that game quite comfortably. And 
yeah, I wouldn't really have any problems with that 11 starting the season, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah, I look, I think that Xhaka will start because, you know, he's just got that faith from Arteta right now. Tillemans will come in and I think there'll be games where maybe if Tillemans is, of course, speaking about him as the signing, Partey will sit and it'll be Tillemans and Odegaard in some games that play together and that will give us kind of more expression and progressiveness in the... It's not even a word, but you know what I mean, just progressive play in the midfield. But uh, I think that's a possibility. And if, say, we sign two forwards, it might be that Jesus is the left winger and then the number nine that we sign goes there or Enketi is there. That could be something that we see moving forward. Um, Guy, let's go to uh, Vishal, who says, Tom, do we need Zinchenko as well as Hickey? Are the rumours of us offering him a midfield role true? Obviously, we can't comment on whether they're true. But what do you make of the idea of having both Zinchenko and a versatile fullback like Hickey brought in? Um, I, I, I'm not sure I see the need. Uh, Cedric's stopping around and we bring in Zinchenko. We've effectively got Cedric can perform the role of playing on the, the right and left, which Tommy Asu can do as well. We've already spoke about Saliba, who can play it right back as well. We're beginning to get a number of options there. If Rob Holding does stick around and he's the fourth, fifth choice centre-back again, I, I personally don't see defence needing a huge amount of work this summer. And therefore, mm. if we can bring in Zinchenko, who effectively can cover two positions in one, and actually you sell it to him that you're going to primarily be a central midfield player, but when needed, will fill in at left-back. I mean, if you're building a complete squad and a squad that can, can challenge on multiple fronts, you do need these versatile options, which probably at the moment within the Arsenal squad, we've only a handful of them. When you think of Chelsea, you think of Liverpool, you think of Manchester City in particular, their players can play in so many different roles within the systems that they play, even if they are switching formation. And I think that's one thing we've maybe fallen away from, which we once upon a time with a player like, say, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain did have. He could he could play pretty much every outfield position other than, than centre-half mm-hmm. if desperately needed to. Um, and I think with Zinchenko, I think he'd be a, a real adaptable player. And within the central midfield, it's where he plays for his country. and He does a, he does a great job with them. Um, I, think he'd, I think he'd be a strong option. I'd love to see Zinchenko at Arsenal. I think it's a really savvy, smart move for a player that yeah, he's underrated. You know, as a midfielder, I think he can offer a lot more than what he's been able to give to Manchester City. He was bought as an attacking midfielder, you know, when he was at Shakhtar Donetsk. He was highly rated. Arsene Wenger was a big, big fan of him. So it would be intriguing if he was to, say, play there. But then he would come into, in my view, direct competition with someone like Tielemans. So seeing how that dynamic works. That said, Tielemans hasn't played the most of the season on the right. So you could argue that Tielemans comes in a bit of a competitor as well for Martin Odegaard, who has had his injury issues in the past, so would provide cover perhaps there. Uh, King says, Tom, will you be getting a black shirt with Saliba on the back? I know it's a running joke that all I wear is black, and I know I'm not going or doing anything today to disprove that theory. Um, but uh, that black sh- away shirt is the most, one of the most exciting kits I've seen uh, for us. I love it. Um, I don't know if either of you two disagree on this, but I love that black shirt. I think it's class, absolutely class. I, I like it, but I'm... oh come off it! <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, just because I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a kit numbers Scrooge. and kit. No, no, no. Just a bit of a kit numbers and kind of kit colors, kind of I don't know, nerd traditionalist, whatever. Arsenal playing in black are just not something. I know we had the the, the, the black and pink one the other season. It's just something I'm yeah. not too used to as. We've had that one with the. Um... 
white, gold, and turquoise diagonal stripe. Yeah, that was horrible. That was a horrible. (laughs) Didn't that have like a curse with it? I thought it was like cursed to that kit. Yeah, it was dreadful. But I remember one of our best away performances in Europe, away to Olympiacos, when we were on the verge of going out at the group stage. I think we beat them 3-0 in that kit. Unreal game. And there was the other one which was like the black with the like fluorescent yellow trim I think we had on one kit and we had a fluorescent pink trim was on that, one as well. What was you know, the Ludogorets Urzil? I was going to say the, uh, yeah was yeah. that black or was that like a real dark green I wasn't it sure. Looked, I don't know it's, I it think it was a really black, really dark blue. Or dark blue. It was really, really dark navy, blue. wasn't it? Ver- yeah, yeah verging on black but, but you know, no, I, I mean, love the, 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 the kit is nice. Yeah, no, yeah. I, no, I do think the imagery on it, I do think is brilliant. Um, just I'm, I'm a sucker for a, a, a yellow and blue away kit. That's that's all. No, but that's it fair. is, it is yeah. a nice kit. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, for me, the home kit, I'm absolutely besotted. Yeah, yeah, I will be ordering that immediately. Not Saliba. Uh, a, a, you know, a, a kit of that class has to have a certain Martin Odegaard on, on the back of it, I'm afraid. So uh, that's that will be who goes on there. Uh, let's tackle some more questions. Uh, I'm going to assume this is Hodge. Uh, it says, would you, James, take Tammy Abraham? Uh, Jose could leave to PSG and Tammy might then want to leave Roma. Yeah, I would. I would take Tammy Abraham. I'm not sure if he'd be my first option. I think mm-hmm. probably telling from this this uh, podcast that mine's Jesus, but um, I certainly wouldn't turn my nose up at him. I think the only stumbling block would be the price because uh, he's not going to be cheap. He's only been there a year. I think we'd probably be looking at 70 odd million, something ludicrous like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I don't think out of the two options, if we're weighing it up, you know, he's he's a really good player. I really do like him, but I think the more sensible one would be Jesus. And I think he's more realistic too. I agree. Uh, Matt Thornton says, do you see Guy any under 23s going on loan to Crawley now Kevin Betsy has taken over? I think this is a huge loss, by the way, for the club. Betsy did a great job with the under 23s last season. But do you see that maybe being an avenue for some of the, the real young ones going into the lower leagues? Um, potentially, but I think I'm right in saying Crawley are League Two these days, aren't they? Which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know always how much players will get out of going down to a basement battle in League Two. Mm. I mean, you look at oh, I love a, that a, basement battle. I'm yeah, nicking that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, like a, a player like Dan Ballard, for example, who's gone to Millwall, who's had a brilliant yeah. season in the Championship. I know he's probably a bit older. Now selling, maybe. Yeah, but maybe that maybe yeah. the players you're, you're you're talking about would would kind of fit into sending to Crawley. Mm. He's he's not going to have a future at Arsenal, and yet he's gone to the Championship and performed really well. And maybe if it's that kind of profile of player who, within the academy, that Per Mertesacker is maybe scanning, looking and thinking, this player is not going to have a career at Arsenal, but can have a solid professional career. First steps, right? We'll see how they they faring uh, uh, cruelly. I mean, if he gets them into League One and he gets them going, like I mean, they they, they were in League One a decade or so ago mm-hmm. when they first came into the football league. They flew up and then sort of dropped back down. That investment, didn't they? And it just didn't yeah. go anywhere. But I, I'm with you. I think it's from the Arsenal perspective, really. Here, I think that the angle is the loss that, that Kevin Betsy is to the academy, and a, I think it's a, a huge. I mean, you were speaking before about Edu and what he's done as technical director, but. Per Mertzsacker as academy director this summer is, is a big thing for him now of working out actually how he rejigs that because the under-23s on the quiet has been a real success for us mm. in recent times and being in the Europa League and if 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 maybe that's a competition we are staying in uh, for longer than we all care to admit, then we need academy players coming through. 
For those that didn't really tune into much of the under-23s, they want kind of an insight in, in how good Kevin Betsy is. In short, the season before the one we've just had, Arsenal were in a relegation scrap. You know, Steve Bob was the coach back then. It wasn't going all that well. We still had some really good talents like Aziz, etc. Balogun, of course, playing in the under-23s, but it just wasn't happening. Betsy came in this season and Arsenal were up until, you know, mid-season still in a title race and alongside, you know, ahead of academies like Chelsea, West Ham, who are some really good young players and Manchester City competing with them, who have arguably the best academy right now in, in that division. You know, they were really up there. And when they lost Balogun, of course, as you would expect on loan to a championship side, that's when the goals started to drop. A little Mika Bireth was able to put in some goals. But what Betsy did with that team was brilliant. So Pear Metazako, as you say there, guys, got a huge job to try and arrest a potential slide if they get the wrong coach in next year. Uh, the Harry Thomas, I love people who put the at the start of their names, yeah. <laughs> says uh, the James. Uh, hi, guys. Do you reckon Hutchinson and Patino will get enough game time next year? Do they maybe need a loan from January? I think Patino will stay in the squad and I think he could potentially see quite a lot of minutes in the Carabao Cup and the Europa League. Um, I hope he does because he, he looks really good every time he played um, last season, obviously, apart from that game away from Forest where everyone was awful. Uh, I think Hutchison, we've not really seen any of him in, in the first team yet. So I think alone would probably be the best move for him. Um yeah, I've not got much more else to add on that. I think there's a lot of exciting young players coming through Arsenal. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Aziz there. You've got Balogun coming back from his loan. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting. Even with players like Danny Ballard coming back, I know we'll probably sell him, but, you know, the academy is is working quite well for us at the minute. The turnover is pretty good. So, um, yeah, I think a, a loan at this point for Hutchinson would be really good because, mm. you know, what we've not done in the past is loan these players out when we really should, because if they're not going to work out Arsenal, at least we're getting them in the shop window. We're adding value to them. So there's, there's no use him playing in the under 23s at this point. He's obviously gone beyond that level, but equally there's no point in him sitting around the Arsenal first team doing, doing nothing. So yeah, get him alone to maybe a championship side and yeah, see how it goes. I believe I'm right in saying that he also played for the senior Jamaican side recently and had a non-competitive debut there. So again, we've had we've got a few kids that have got international experience. Carl Hine for Estonia, Omar Rekic for Tunisia. You know, there's some exciting talent Flores. coming through. Yeah, of course. Flores for Mexico, how can I forget? Yeah, really, really solid talent um, that we've got in that team and exciting. Uh, Ballard, of course, Northern Ireland played there for a number of years uh, already. So really strong. Last question before we wrap up and a quick one to finish. Uh, any guess on a shock exit for anyone? May not be the year for it as we need more bodies, but there's always sometimes a surprise. So just a quick answer on this. Guy, who's your shock exit we might see this summer? Uh, probably not a shock. Granite Shacker, if I had to pick one. Uh, just yeah, off the top of my head, um, I don't think if anyone's to go, no, I, I don't think he is, but yeah, and actually, I think it speaks to how well he's done last season, maybe epitomizing how Arsenal have improved. That if he is to leave, I think 12 months ago, a lot of people would have said, All right, fair enough. I think this this time around, if he goes, a lot of people actually be quite disappointed. Hmm. James, uh, I don't think this will happen either, but I think potentially Rob Holding, if a decent enough bid comes in for him, maybe around the five to ten million pound mark, I think he could slot into any bottom 10 Premier League club and play week in, week out. Um, so if that offer did come in from from a side, maybe potentially one of the newly promoted ones, um, I could see his head being turned and I could see the, the club being interested in that as well. I'm going to go with, and it's, it would be a big shock, but following Balogun, um, after seeing Nketiah sign his new contract, uh, if indeed he does, which we're led to believe he will, um, 
I, I would be pretty miffed if I was him after signing that new deal. So if Arsenal did say receive an offer, and I think it would be a little bit opportunistic of, of other clubs to see through that situation and perhaps try and tempt Arsenal into a sale. Um, maybe he would be a bit of a shock exit. I think he should go on loan to a Premier League side, Nottingham Forest, maybe next season. But uh, yeah, that's probably the next step for him. Um, there's some shouts. Uh, I don't think people know what shock means. <laughs> yeah, I think Pepe is not a shock. Leno certainly is, wouldn't be a shock either. But it shows you how difficult um, it would be. Tierney was the other one I was thinking of, maybe, yeah. you know, 50 odd million quid linked to. Uh, Real Madrid. Saliba, you could say, now would be a bit of a shock after what you said. Uh, there was reports I've just read about Napoli supposedly inquiring. They're always going after defenders either we've got or that we want. So maybe uh, Saliba should go on that list. Um, I'd like to thank my guests who have been absolutely fantastic chat box. If we could show them some love, uh, that would be great. Guy, thank you so much for making your debut on the channel. Fantastic one at that. And I'd love to speak to you again, of course. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for uh, thanks for filling me with uh, my opportunity for an Arsenal fix. Absolutely. Uh, tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Yeah, I am on socials, as you can see there, at GuyClark05. Uh, as Tom said at the top, working primarily on Liverpool content these days. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. But hopefully when I get the chance, I'm, a, I'm at the Arsenal way. And, Absolutely. Absolutely, indeed. Guys are, uh, he's our Mohamed El Nenny at times. He, he jumps in <laughs> uh, when Thomas Partey is not available, <laughs> which is great. But no, he doesn't. Just don't have the hair. Yeah, of course. We get an El Nenny wig. That's what we should do. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, James, thank you so much as well. Great to speak to you again. I'm sure it won't be long until you're back on again soon. Tell people where they can find you and, and what you're going to be up to. Yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. It's been a, been a pleasure chatting with you both about the Arsenal. Um, you can find me on Twitter at jcook96 for all things uh, terribly opinionated about Arsenal. There you go. Lovely stuff. You can find ourselves at the Good Talk TV, myself at Tom Canton Media. Uh, and of course, you can check out my stuff with Guy and the team over on the Arsenal Way. There's a fantastic show on Skamaka with an Italian football expert coming out this evening, uh, courtesy of Umar. Thank you so much, Umar, for sorting out. It was a really insightful show. Um, so make sure you are subscribed. Link in the link tree in the description. So make sure you go and check that one out. I'll be back as usual, bright and early, 8 a.m., bringing you all the latest Arsenal news and transfer content. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.